The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And welcome back to the Early Edge College Football Special National Championship Edition. That's EC Eric Cohen. That's M Squared Mike McClure. And I'm Chip Patterson. And as always, we are backed by Sportsline where you can get expert analysis, picks, and so much more from all three of us, really on a bevy of sports. But today, right now, we're all focused on college football because on Monday night, we will have Michigan and Washington, both 14-0, and both needing a defensive stand on the final play to be able to advance in the college football playoff. So let's begin with the the top level stuff, right? You know, we're just talking about, you know, who's going to end up covering. What is our play on the side? And uh, and Mike, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. When we're looking at four and a half, something that has danced to five at some places, you need to feel confident if you are laying it with Michigan that they're going to win by a touchdown. If you think that this is a coin flip and you think that Michael Penix and Washington are going to be able to even win this game, then being north of a key number is, is certainly notable. So, you know, as you break this thing down from the side perspective, Mike, uh, how, how are you looking at it and which way are you leaning? I am looking at the Michigan side here, Chip. Uh, I lean towards them pretty heavily. I, I make the number seven in this game, a full touchdown. Uh, Look, Washington has been doubted uh, quite a few times, and they've proved a lot of people wrong, which is why they're in this game here. Uh, I think Michigan still has a significant edge on the line of scrimmage. I know we've talked about how good, or people have talked about how good that Washington offensive line has been. They have been pretty good so far. This will be an excellent test for them. This is just a much better version of what Texas was able to throw at them. Michael Penix was perfect in that game, Uh, like absolutely perfect. And I don't think he can replicate that with just a little bit less time to throw. And just you run that game back against Texas. If you may not get that same result, he he was absolutely phenomenal in that game. It's very difficult to do against this level of competition. Michigan, in my opinion, they are going to be able to move the football very easily on the ground with Blake Corum, uh, some short area passing, maybe some actual quarterback runs from JJ McCarthy as well. But this is one where I think Michigan can march the football down the field, kill the clock, make Penix have to be perfect essentially. So for me, it's Michigan or nothing. I'll be on Michigan minus four and a half. EC, you see this thing the same way? I'll tell you what, though, Chip. I would. I, I do, obviously. But my picks have been so bad in the bowl. I just can't get the bowls right. I've just been way off. But you know what? feel confident about this one. I think Michigan wins this game by, I have it by two touchdowns. I mean, listen, I always believe that a good defense, a great defense beats a great offense. And I once was talking to Warren Sapp about that. 
Super Bowl media day and he called me an idiot to my face. I still believe in that adage. I forget Warren Sapp. Uh, I still believe a great defense beats a great offense. Washington's offensive line has been great this year. They've only given up 11 sacks. Michigan's defensive line has 32 sacks, so pretty darn good. Here's why I'm going with Michigan. Their defense has allowed 10.2 points per game this season, and that's fifth all-time since 2000. Three of the other four teams that are in that that are on that list have won the national championship, with the only exception being 2008 USC. The favorite has covered in the last four national championship games. We don't even need to talk about last year. Michigan undefeated 4-0 straight up and against the spread against ranked teams this season. Give me the Wolverines 34, Washington 20. Ooh, so <clears throat> sometimes those of you who uh, know me from the Cover 3 podcast know that when we've got a 1 and a 2 and a 3, you get a little... That U-N-I-T-Y, of course, is at play here. I've got a but, but let's get to the first part because I'm right there with you with Michigan minus four and a half. And Mike, I think about the game plan because what is the best way to defend Michael Penix? Leave him on the sideline. Just like you said, a slow, plodding ground attack where they are more than happy to get just four yards of carry because you know what four yards of carry is? First down after first down after first down. You shrink the game so that Penix gets less touches. The offense stays out of rhythm. And I think that that's going to be something that's very significant. Washington's run defense, by the way, in terms of yards per carry, number 86 nationally. That ain't ain't exactly championship caliber. 4.4 yards per carry for those who are wondering. But, 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 but. Kalen DeBoer is sick when it comes to that first 15. And what I'm talking about for first 15 is I'm talking about those first 15 plays, what he has scripted down, him and Michael Penix being on the same page, knowing exactly that when we do this, they'll do this, and here's the counter for an explosive play to Roma Dunze. So in addition to Michigan minus four and a half for the full game, let's ride the roller coaster, baby. We are also tacking onto this a Washington first half play. So Washington leads at the first half winner games tied at the first half winner we just need it tied or huskies lead at halftime and then i think over the course of the game michigan's going to be able to pull away wearing down that washington defense but thanks to kaylin DeBoer, an elite game planner and michael Penix, i do think we have a fast start for the huskies so i'm going to tack on a little washington first half plus they uh, plus one and a half there as well Hey, Chip, you talk about, you know, obviously Washington keeping it close early and then Michigan blowing it open late. How do you feel about the one week that it's only one week layoff? You know, just like a regular season game as compared to seeing four weeks in advance of the of the semifinal games. Do you think that favors one side or the other? I, I, interesting you asked me that so that I can plug a column that's sitting on the homepage of CBSSports.com right now where talking to Washington's players, they said like the month off was bad. Like the mistake, they were blaming the mistakes. You know, the muffed punt that set up a 22 yard touchdown drive for Texas, the defensive breakdowns that led to explosive plays. At halftime of that game, it was 21 21 on the scoreboard. And in the locker room, Washington was like, we should be up by 14 points right now. And I agree with that assessment. Michigan, obviously, the adventure that was special teams all throughout that game. You know, Michigan's got to feel that way. And so, what I was writing about, and to why I say both, is both these teams were really rusty and made a lot of mistakes. So if you knock the rust off, I think it's almost an advantage, except for the case of Dylan Johnson, the injured Washington running back. I think it's an advantage that you just get to go game week mentality. Seven days between games, turn right around and get back into the regimen that you had. Okay. Chip, I got a question for both of you guys about this, a little strategy. Uh, If you're Michigan, 
you win the toss, do you take the ball or do you play defense first? Do you defer or do you take the ball? Because I know what I would do. I, I'm curious what you guys would do. I think that Michigan, I think that Michigan will probably defer out of habit, but I, if I am, how about this? If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I take the ball and I sit on it and I try to put together a 13 play 75 yard drive that eats up the first seven minutes of the clock. Um, and I think if I'm Washington, maybe I take the ball too, try to run down there and score and all of a sudden start to make the Wolverines press a little bit. But I would imagine if I'm making predictions in EC, I'm curious to hear what you say, have for his question as well, but I, I feel like Harbaugh is so, you know, like I, I could just see Harbaugh be like, defer, defer, defer. But I don't know. What would you do, EC? Uh, well, let's see. I would get fired. There's no, re- there's a reason I wouldn't last as a head coach. Well, uh, m- multiple reasons, thousands of reasons. But number one is I would take the ball every time. I seriously would. If you believe in your offense, unless you're Iowa, then you take the ball every time and you try to score. I don't like defer. I want to be up seven, nothing. Any way you look at it, Michigan is going to run, run, run all over Washington. The whole goal is to, to dominate the time of possession. You go out, you have a seven-minute drive, and it ends 7 nothing. Washington is demoralized and already chasing, in my opinion. That's why I take the ball 100 times out of 100 if I'm Michigan. And if I'm Kalen DeBoer, I, I take the ball as well because I want to go out there and show you that I can score right away. I would not defer if I was either head coach on Monday. So you don't like uh, – are you a middle eight guy? I, I'm just saying, oh, yeah. give me the ball. Like, you don't go up 7 right? nothing. Yeah. What's that? Explain what you go ahead. Explain, Chip. Okay, so the middle eight is the last four minutes of the second quarter, the first four minutes of the third quarter, and statistically, it has been proven that this is one of the leverage points in football, and that if you win the middle eight, your chances of winning is one of the strongest correlations that we have for any statistic. And teams that have coaching staffs that really prioritize that—that's the advantage of the defer—is because you set yourself up for a two-for-one, where if you can be the final scorer of the first half and the first score of the second half, you're almost guaranteed to win the middle eight. In in the NFL, that's why Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes have been so good at certain times is because of that, the the middle eight there. Um, In this game, though, if I'm Michigan, I want the ball first. I think there's a scenario for Michigan that they take the ball first, they take the seven minutes, they score, whether it's three or seven. If they're somehow able to force a three and out on the first possession or allow just one first down, mm. there is a legitimate scenario here where Michael Penix has less than seven snaps in the first quarter. Great point. That's a great point. Washington did that to Texas in the third quarter. They yep. came out, and I think Texas had two third quarter possessions for a total of like two minutes. And they just, I mean, if Washington had scored touchdowns instead of field goals in those drives, it would have been even more of a blowout. I mean, it would have been a blowout rather than a game that Texas had a chance to win late. But yeah, I like what you're saying, Mike, where it's you score, then you get a stop, and then you just hold it again. And all of a sudden you're looking up and, you know, Washington's in a hole and they haven't even gotten a chance to get deep into my first 15, as I was saying with Kalen DeBoer. So, so I want to ask you guys another question about this. What we saw last week from Washington at the end of the game, obviously the Dylan Johnson injury and that, that rule where the clock stopped, which is crazy. Does DeBoer learn from the Mario Cristobal school of uh, clock management at the end of the game? If he has the lead, are you kneeling on it? Even if there's a, a few seconds left, I mean, will this make a difference? Let's say Washington's up by three. They get the ball after an onside kick. Do we have to worry about a, maybe a, Michigan getting the ball back again, or do you think Kalen's kind of figured this out? Well, all right, so the strategy was fine except for the Dylan Johnson injury because the if if not for the injury, they run the clock down, they punt. Texas has 15 seconds left on the clock instead of 50. Like, but why they, run it? Why why not just 
take a knee, go knee, 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 and prevent any fumble or injury in that case. That's my point on it. Just because if you get a first down, the game is truly over oh. is the only, the only, uh, I, I get where your head's at. And I yeah. think that what I would have rather seen is, you know, with three, four minutes left, I'd be running the football, not throwing it still. Right. It was, it was the decisions that were made three minutes earlier, not necessarily the ones yeah. there in the final minute. All right. Well, here, of course, at the early edge, uh, we love our support from BetMGM. And BetMGM has all the action for every sports fan. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get a first bet offer up to $1,500. And if your bet loses, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets with the bonus code EDGE1500. That's EDGE1500 for a first bet offer up to $1,500. And if that bet loses, you receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets. Again, EDGE1500. Well, coming up on the other side, we've gotten into some strategy. We talked about our sides. Well, well what about the whole game or, or pieces of it in terms of how many points we're going to see on the scoreboard? Moving this thing on till the totals. Next. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey from launching and managing. To grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, lots of different ways to attack these totals. And yes, uh, we see, we love everybody hanging out with us live right now in the chat. Definitely drop your picks there. And yes, we are going to hit some props also after we get to these totals. Uh, EC, why don't you get us rocking and rolling? We're sitting around 56 and a half right now. Uh, how are you going to be playing this one? Well, I'll tell you what, Chip. I don't like the way the line movement is going for what I have. I'm going the under 56 and a half. I, I have it at 34 to 20. This is only a lean for me but I don't like that the total keeps drifting up and up. Listen, Michigan, as I talked about, they've only given up 10.2 points a game. You have the you know one of the best total defenses we've seen in a long time against a, a great offense, obviously, but Michigan's, Michigan's game plan, as we've said, is hold the ball for 35, 37, maybe even 40 minutes if all goes well. That favors the under. I don't see this being a Georgia TCU type game or anywhere near it last year where Georgia just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. Washington's defense is solid. It's not amazing, but it's solid. I just think this game will be a little bit lower scoring than we would expect. So I'm leaning on the total. I just uh, not, uh, it's not a big bet for me though. 
All right, Mike, where are you going with this one? Yeah, I mean, if I had to play something full game total, it would also be the under with EC. Uh, I have some concerns, you know. This is just a much better version of Texas against Washington. For Washington, the matchup is somewhat similar, right? Uh, Texas just wasn't quite as good as what Michigan can do. But you know what Texas did do? They limited Washington to 3.3 yards per carry, and now the running back is hurt. Uh, and he was a pretty decent running back, uh, all things considered, right? And they've got a decent offensive line. I don't think they're going to have any success. I think that makes them even more one-dimensional than we already know that they are. That's going to force another absolutely perfect performance for Michael Penix. Otherwise, they're going to have drives that stall. Uh, so I like the under in this game. I like the under in the first quarter, under 12.5, under 10.5. Both of these numbers exist out there. Both of them in a first quarter setting are very, very, very similar. Uh, you're fading two touchdowns, essentially. There's very unlikely to be, unless you have like a really short turnover, followed by a goal line stand, you're not likely to get a touchdown and two field goals uh, in, a, in a first quarter here. So I like the first quarter under. I think that whenever Michigan touches the football in the first quarter, whether it's first or second, they're going to take a lot of time off this clock. Remember the college football rules have changed this year. Clock is not stopping after first downs. That is significant for a team like Michigan, who we project to pick up first downs, but not necessarily looking for chunk plays in this game. They want to methodically move the football down the field. I also think there's a chance that we're holding Washington to field goal attempts here. Uh, I think that they could move the ball between the 20s a bit, might struggle if they're truly looking for red zone offense and not the deep, deep shot. So I like the under to start this one in the first uh, quarter. I think that if we see a bunch of scoring in this game, it again, it's in the eights, as you mentioned there, Chip, and I think it's likely uh, third quarter action where the scoring really picks up. Can I be honest with you guys? That was a hell of a breakdown. You know, like sometimes, sometimes you. Well, here's the thing, Mike, is I I am not afraid to jump on the other side because my pick is actually first quarter over. It's bananas that we you know we throw out like totals, but I, I will say that my my position and my thinking goes back to. You know, Kalen DeBoer as an elite game planner, play caller, and knowing what they have to do to win this football game. Because Washington's defense is not going to keep Michigan under 28 points. And how many times are they going to touch the ball? Like there's no, there is no way that Washington cannot try to score touchdowns on every single possession or else they're going to lose this football game. And so with that aggressive mentality, I'm thinking that I'm going to go Washington, Michigan, first quarter, over 12 and a half. Um, again, aggressiveness for Washington is is all the, pl the play here. But I also have a full game play here, and that is on the under 56 and a half. I don't mind that the market has done this, uh, EC, because key number, right? 55 and a half on open. We're going above 56 and a half. Boom. I, I like it even more. Um, my, my projected is, uh, and this is not like simulated, but just, you know, my 31, 24 result is at 55. So clearly that is something that's going to be a little bit toit right there, but over the course of, uh, you know, the entire game, Michigan's ability to limit possessions, I think, is the real difference maker. And uh, that's going to be something that allows this thing to remain such that it's not decided in the 30s. So, yeah, give me the full game under. But, yeah, I'm going to jump in on that first quarter over as well. So, so Mike, you would know a lot more about this than, than I do. I've just noticed, like in college football this year, when there have been a line of six and a half, let's say, 
that's a, it's like a baiting line by the odds makers to want to bet you to for, to want you to bet a team to win by a touchdown and then they either lose outright or win by a field goal whatnot. Do you see that for lines when it's like this when it's a square number like 56 and then you add a half onto it? Are they trying to bait you into taking the under so then you so then the over hits in your opinion? Uh, I would say they're not trying to do anything there. It's mostly just a reaction to to where the market has moved as a whole at this point. Uh, it is a signal that they have taken, uh, you know, enough action to feel the need to try and attract some action on the under. Um, so they they certainly have taken a little bit towards the over there, but that's that's mostly what's going on there uh, when you're talking about a more mature number like this. Had Wait, it opened in a situation line, like this, it could right? be that way. What's that? But don't you think this is a really efficient line? Yeah, I mean, it should be one of the. It should be the most efficient line out there, right? Uh, it's you know, it's a standalone game. It's we've had all, all this time here. The only lines that should have been in theory more efficient were the two the semifinal games where we knew about those for a month, uh, sat up there, were able to be bet by the market. By the time the game kicked off, super high limits at books at that point. Uh, yeah, that's when you know. Other than that, it's the Super Bowl is the most efficient line in the world. Like that's. You got all the time in the world to bet it uh, and let the market set it. So, yes, I would say it's a pretty efficient number here. Yeah. And like, think about the semifinals. The, yeah, they both, well, you know, first game goes over and is decided by a touchdown, which, you know, like in over in overtime. Yeah. In right. overtime, you had to over, get there. the under was looking great. My under yes. was looking great in that. Yeah. So be it. And then 68 is the total on something that was 62 and a half. I mean, we're talking yeah. about, we're like, there's not a, a lot of value. It's so funny. Uh, my, my colleague, Bud Elliott on the cover three podcast, you know, he is really big about his numbers and, and value. And he really, really is dialed into that. We were running through our expert picks over there this week. He's like, I don't see any value. I don't see anybody, you know, like he didn't pass. He gave us his picks, his analysis is fantastic. But like, you know, I'm obviously a little bit more vibes based. And so I, I'm letting the chopper spray. So I'm just like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Uh, but yeah, these are very, very efficient lines. Uh, you're, you're jumping in on one side or the other and, and, and looking forward to the final college football game of the season. So Chip, one thing that you said, you said you can't find any way for Michigan to stay under 28 points. If they were not to score 28, are you automatically taking Washington in that scenario? You're saying, uh, no, because then they've won 27 to 10. Okay. Just totally see, that's like, what I'm thinking. I can see yeah. that kind of an outcome where maybe it's lower scoring, way lower scoring than we all would think. But it, I, I, Michigan scoring 28, to me, I, I think they'll do it. I just don't know if it's a lock, you know, as you kind of said about that. I'll tell you, you know, we can't obviously make this play because it doesn't exist yet, but just hypothetically looking for live bets in this game, I do agree with you, Chip, that uh, Washington's probably good out of the locker room. Like, if they're going to be good in this game, it's going to be from the opening drive. Like, they're going to have some success there, right? So I'm leaning pretty heavily under their team total, 25 and a half now, but let's just say they are able to score even a field goal on their opening drive. When that team total hits 27 and a half or above, that is when I'm looking to really hit a live play on their under. Um, that, that's what I'd be looking at. But I'm still leaning under 25 and a half. I think there are a ton of scenarios where this team scores 24 points or less. Um, unscripted before we jump into the, the player props. Uh, I, I love Mike, when you're able to get, take us inside some of the live lines, are there any other thing? Are there any other things that you kind of circled where you've got a number in your head where if something moves based on the action that you'd be excited about? Uh, I mean, I, I'd certainly be excited about Washington scoring first, um, just 
to grab Michigan, uh, especially depending on the manner in which they score. Um, I, I think that we could see some very interesting numbers here. The four and a half will obviously disappear no matter what. Uh, but then you're getting this thing down to, to close to an even money play. Um, yeah. So again, the manner in which they score would be important, right? So if let's say that uh, Washington gets the ball first and scores where we know we've got the extra possession in our pocket in the second half, that is where I'd still be interested in firing on Michigan right away. Um, just again, knowing that it's a, likely a scripted drive was the reason they scored, not an adjustment mm-hmm. they made. Yeah. Uh, and Jesse Minner and this Michigan defense have just done a phenomenal job. I, it is going to be, you know, whether you're talking about Jenkins or Grant or Graham or Stewart, those guys are just monsters and they're old and experienced. Um, I think there's a reason. Look, if Washington, before we get to player props, I'll say that this as just sort of a statement. If Washington wins this game and I'm wrong, it's because Michael Penix has done something amazing. And you know what? At that point, it's been awesome to watch Michael Penix do what he's done. It would be an all-time kind of run to drop 430 in the semifinals and then probably do something incredible if we are in that scenario where the Huskies are the champions at the end of Monday night. Hey, Chip, one, one random question for you that doesn't necessarily have to do with this scheme. If you had your choice, would you postpone the Heisman voting until after the Bulls or before where it is now? Absolutely not. It's a regular season award. And I say that as a Heisman Trophy voter. Right. So, um, all right. Now, EC, you got a couple player props for me. What are you circling? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Michigan running game. And we're going to start with Donovan Edwards, over 25 and a half rushing yards. This line's going to move a little bit, I would think. So last year with Blake Corum out, obviously not uh, applicable here, but he, the guy has a lot of talent. Had three straight 100-plus yard games to end last season. I think over 200 against Ohio State was just dominant last year. Seven games of nine or more carries this season, and he was over this number in six of them. Uh, He was over in his previous four games before the Rose Bowl when he only got four carries. I expect Michigan to lean on their rushing attack to keep Washington's offense off the field. So I think this number, anything under 35 would be my number. I would play this over for Donovan Edwards. And then this is a risky one, especially at these odds, but you just got to play the trends here. Blake Corum to score two or more touchdowns at even money on uh, on BetMGM scored in every game this season and he has multiple touchdowns in 10 of 13 or excuse me 10 of 14 he uh he has six straight games of multiple touchdowns and Washington has not been amazing on the ground they've given up 18 rushing scores this season I think Blake Corum gets at least two if not more uh so you can play that angle don't love the even money I wish it was a little bit better than that but I'll still take it uh in this case all right, I've got a, a trio of player props right here. One of them I'll get through quickly. Uh, Donovan Edwards, uh, right there, over 27 and a half. Kind of bananas that he wasn't a bigger part of that uh, win. I, I kind of see him being a key piece of that. Sticking with uh, the Michigan running backs, I think this might be a little bit of just an overreaction to, you know, like how much Blake Cora matters in terms of the vibes and him being strong and getting winning plays. Cause I saw his rushing attempts number at 22 and a half. Michigan has played 14 games this year. Uh, Blake Corum has played in all 14 of those games. He's gone over 22 and a half just twice the entire time. That is 26 carries against Penn State, 28 carries against Maryland. This is a little bit correlated because if I think Donovan Edwards is going to have a more involved um, a more involved role in that rushing attack, that is less touches for Corum. Corum, by the way, just 19 touches in that Alabama game. You remember the big plays, but this one's a little bit too high based on what Corum has been all season. Again, uh, sharing some of the load with Donovan Edwards. And finally, 
Oh, all right. So we always got to take ourselves inside the the game plan. So we got to take care of Roma Dunze. All right, we got we got to make sure we got Will Johnson. We've got Sandstrill. We got everybody. All right, we got to take care of Jalen McMillan. Oh no, Jalen Polk's dangerous too. All three of these guys are going to be in the NFL. So let's make sure we've got them taken care of. Oh, here's Jack Westover, the former walk-on tight end. And it's an eight-yard grab. And it's an eight-yard grab. And it's a 12-yard grab. And that isn't over. Because for our tight end, who will get so much less attention than the superstar wide receivers on the outside, just 28 and a half receiving yards. You know, whether you want to call it a safety blanket against a great pass rush, whether you want to call it the counter punch when you're trying to take care of the perimeter, uh, I think that Jack Westover is going to get three to five targets. And I think that of those three to five targets, we'll be able to get over 28 and a half uh, receiving yards. Mike, you got any thought, uh, thoughts on any of those? I, I like them. I, I like them a lot. I like the. Uh... There's there's some core there's some heavy correlation with your Blake Corum uh, play. If you like, there's no chance that he's going over that number if the game's remotely close on total. In my opinion, uh, the only like that's a, that's scripted to an under or a Washington team total under. Uh, right. There is a massive correlation between Corum's over attempts and Washington's team total under. Uh, if the game's back and forth competitive at all, there he's going to have to McCarthy's going to run, McCarthy's going to throw. They're going to be mixing in uh, Edwards a bit. So other than that, I don't have a ton of focus on the player props here. I unfortunately don't have access to them here in Tennessee. So because I haven't been diving into them all year long, been able to bet them, I – I, I don't have a ton of focus on the player prop side here. I same here in Arizona, Mike. We don't have them either. It's 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 garbage because these there's some great numbers here. I really like that quorum one that you gave Chip. I'm going to throw in one uh, kind of a fictional uh, prop that I don't know if they have anywhere that you can bet. <laughs> okay. Will this will this be Jim Harbaugh's last game at Michigan? Yes. Yes. Minus six fifty. Wow! Wow! You're laying that kind of juice. Wow, that's crazy. He's done. Uh, I mean, dude, I was reading Dennis Dodd's story going into the Rose Bowl, and he had like three active Michigan players, including J.J. McCarthy and his senior offensive lineman and somebody else. And he was asking them the question, and they weren't giving back any kind of boilerplate answer. It was like, man, yeah, wouldn't that be sweet? You know, like <laughs> a little bit of a, yeah, like coaches, you know, maybe going to be gone. So, um, you know who else might be gone? Maybe 14 NFL draft picks. I mean, there's some real last dance vibes going on with this group right now. So, uh, yeah, is Sharon Moore the guy afterwards, Chip? I mean, you nailed Will Howard, Ohio State, last week on the show. Uh, is Sharon Moore Harbaugh's replacement, or do you think they go outside the organization there? So, I have, uh, I, I think Sharon Moore is on the final candidate list without a doubt. I think there are very, very successful head coaches whose agents, are going to hope that they get a look too. And one of them was a head coach of the Heisman Trophy winner, and one of them might be on the other sideline on uh, on Monday night. So we'll see. Oh, interesting. I, I don't think so. Look, I, I got to be close to that staff with the last week leading into the Sugar Bowl, and, and they're a really tight-knit group, like multiple Sioux Falls coaches from the NAIA run that Kalen DeBoer had, guys from, like, Idaho and, you know, the Midwest. I mean, it's a unique group that I think can do something really special with Washington now moving to the Big Ten. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Like, I... I just think that your Michigan football, like what would we say, like take it to market? 
Like if you're the athletic director, you would like to take the Michigan job to market to see what's out there. You know that Sharon Moore's right there, but you would at least like to be able to interview the top head coaches in the country, you know, throw together the list. They would be a candidate for Michigan football. So yeah, that's what I would say. I love that you said last dance vibes because that's exactly uh, the way it feels to me with this Michigan program right now. I think that they're, I think they're going to win this game. Uh, I think Harbaugh is definitely gone. And when you look at the schedule next year with things changing, it's not, it's not the pretty thing that it was this year. This year, the schedule didn't start till November 11th, essentially. Uh, week two, they've got the Texas Longhorns. Week four, they've got USC. Week six, they're on the road against this Washington Huskies team. Uh, they play Oregon. They play at Ohio State. Uh, it is a far cry from what they, what they played this season. Right. And so many seniors on this team. I mean, just like a, it's, it, the, it's just the way kind of it's all feeling right now. Coming up on the other side, we got that championship coming up on Monday night, but on Sunday afternoon in Frisco, Texas. Yeah, we've got that FCS national championship and we got to play for it. Courtesy of EC Montana, South Dakota state. Which side are we going next? Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on the Early Edge College Football Special National Championship Preview, and it would be disrespectful for us to be able to work our way all the way through this show without at least giving a word to our friends down at the FCS level. And uh, before we get to our our pick here, uh, Mike, what's our weather report looking like? Because remember that in Frisco, Texas, in Toyota Stadium, you know we are going to be playing outdoors. I mean, that shouldn't be a huge deal when we're talking about my Montana and South Dakota State. These are FCS teams that are used to dealing with adverse weather conditions. So what's it going to be looking like uh, there in Frisco for Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern time kickoff? You know, it, there was reports that it could look a lot worse than it actually looks like it's going to here, Chip. Uh, when I'm looking at everything here, we, we've got wind, a little precipitation, but it's still North Texas. It's not 20 degrees outside. You know, it's 40s, 50s. I don't think it's going to really be a factor like we thought it could here. I think that we'll see a lot of rain and stuff. Uh, maybe it's a little Saturday, a little bit Monday. But from where we're sitting right now, timing wise, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, other than potentially 15 to 20 mile per hour winds. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But that's a wonder. As you know, I like to call the wind aided under is a wonder. And those sound like wonderful conditions. If you want to jump on the underside of 14 and a half, 49 and a half, excuse me, just based on the idea that 15 to 20 triggers a little pop, at least 
with yeah. the Chipolytics from time to time. But EC, I think you've got a little bit more research dialed into your pick than what I just gave out right now live. So uh, so where are we going with uh, with this one? I don't know about that one, Chip. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I haven't watched much of South Dakota State nor Montana this year, but I'm going to roll with the Jackrabbits minus 13 and a half against the Grizzlies. And I'll tell you why uh, I'm rolling with South Dakota State. They're the defending champions and they're the machine. Won 28 straight games, including last year's, you know, national championship, as I mentioned. Montana hasn't been to the finals in 14 years, might have a crowd advantage at this neutral site game. Great. This game kind of has a feeling to me of Georgia TCU 2023 national championship game. You know, we we see uh, the defending national champs dominant run that they're on, which is South Dakota State. You see this upstart team, Montana, kind of uh, pulled a, an upset over North Dakota State. You know, the, the, the more heavily... Uh, it promoted program and, and successful program uh, that they beat in the semifinals. And then they run into a buzzsaw and uh, South Dakota state has the best uh, third best offense uh, in terms of points per game, scoring over 38 points a game. And they have the best defense. They're giving up less than 10 points a game in FCS competition, which is wild. Montana's not bad. I mean, they're 16th in offense and fifth in total defense. So the under is a play there. And I actually kind of like that. I would lean towards the under, but look out for Isaiah Davis. He's the uh, leading running back for South Dakota State. He's actually the leading rusher in FCS competition, 1,491 yards and 17 rushing touchdowns. I think he has a big day, and I think South Dakota State wins big. Give me South Dakota State 34, Montana 10. Oh, I like that. That would No, be- 65 to 7. Yeah, I'm not predicting 65 yeah, to 7 yeah, like yeah. last year. 34 to 10 is good enough. Well, yeah, listen, that's under the team total for Montana. If you want to jump on that one, too. I mean, I'm just like popping all these different ideas right now. This is going to be a nice little Sunday. Let's go. Uh, You need that extra screen because all the starters are rested in the NFL. Boom. There you go. We got you with the FCS. It's on Sunday. It's not even on Saturday. Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Sunday, two o'clock. Whose idea was it to schedule the championship? They couldn't schedule it on Saturday when they play most of the rest of their games. What are we doing here? I think college basketball is the answer. Interesting. Yeah, I sat. Yeah, I, I think that Saturday's college basketball I mean, offerings. Tuesday night football sounds pretty good to me. After the, you can't do it after the national title game, but if you could, uh, Tuesday night football, you got your own day of the week. That hey hey, that's a that's a good idea. We'll we'll see if we can get uh we'll see if we can get the early half edge. Halftime's long enough. We could just play it at halftime of the. <laughs> No, listen, we'll get the early edge to get in on the bidding rights for the future FCS championship. The three of us will be live and uh, live for the, the call right there. All right, let's recap all of the bevy of bets that we have here for you today. Eric Cohen, EC, is on. Michigan minus four and a half. Donovan Edwards over 25 and a half rushing yards. Blake Corum to score two plus touchdowns at plus 100. And South Dakota State, that's the FCS title game, minus 13 and a half. Mike McClure getting in on Michigan minus four and a half, as well as the first quarter under 12 and a half. I am on Michigan minus four and a half. Washington first half plus one and a half. The uh, Washington, Michigan under 56 and a half full game. But, 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 but. Washington, Michigan, first quarter over 12 and a half trio props. Jack Westover over 28 and a half receiving yards. Donovan Edwards over 27 and a half rushing yards and Blake Corum under 22 and a half rushing attempts. Woo. All right. Any, uh, EC, any final words or final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no jet fish to Michigan, please. Uh, once Harbaugh leaves, I just want to point that. Yes. I know you were, you didn't mention him. Fortunately for that, listen, I just want to see a good game. I, I, you know, I'm not a Michigan fan per se, 
kind of feel like they're due after, you know, as you guys mentioned, the easy schedule this year. Uh, I've seen Washington in person. Penix has been great. I just feel like great defense beats a great offense and the Wolverines prevail here. Mike? It's going to be a great game. Uh, hopefully Michigan is listening to the program here. Kill that clock. Uh, heavy dose of quorum. Let J.J. McCarthy run the football at least four times and good things will happen. Jim Harbaugh, big fan of the early edge. I'm sure of it. For Eric Cohen and Mike McClure, I'm Chip Patterson. Thanks so much for hanging out here at the early edge. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.